Welcome to Take a Moment. I am one of your hosts, Nathan Bennett. Uh, my other host is enjoying her time on vacation. So we miss you, Mari Yamaguchi, but hopefully I can do this intro all by myself. I am so excited for everyone to hear this conversation that was recorded live on stage at Experience 19 in Denver. The conversation involves two of our CX heroes, Kate Kuhn from Crisis Services Canada and Nicole Martin of Australia's My Budget. We're dealing with two people here who have devoted their lives to helping others in times of actual crisis. Um, Kate working with people who struggle with suicidal ideation and how she's able to literally save lives, oftentimes just by listening. We're gonna find out what brought her to Crisis Services Canada, um, more about the um, origins of Crisis Services Canada and their founder, Roberta Fox, and how Kate is able to impact lives from a philosophy of wanting to help, uh, a stance of humility, and it's an incredible, incredible story to hear. Also, Nicole Martin. She is, you've heard of the Grinch that stole Christmas. Well, Nicole is the contact center employee who saved Christmas for one family. And it is an absolutely compelling story of how she went above and beyond during the holiday season to get one family's finances in order so that they were able to actually have a Christmas with their children. And it's heartwarming, it's compelling. Uh, as we were having this conversation, not to oversell it, but there were some tears in the audience. Uh, I know we were kind of getting choked up a little bit. Um, I will say this is a conversation that was extremely valuable and it's one you won't want to miss. I would also encourage you, if there are some CX heroes that you know of in your organization, please go to genesis.com and nominate those CX heroes for going above and beyond so that you can share their stories with us. And who knows, maybe next year we'll see them on this podcast and on stage at Experience 20. So we invite you to take a moment and listen in with us. Enjoy. Nicole, let's start with you. Can you give us a little sense of what my budget is all about? Yeah, look, my budget is all about, we're a budgeting service. So we're all about helping people with their finances. Um, they put all of their money into our service. We drop a budget plan for them and we just try to help um, improve their lives, make their money work for them the best that we possibly can, or to help them if they've got themselves into a position of um you know, bad debt or, or just struggling with it with their finances. Um, we do it to help people. Um, our ideal is to try and, I mean, I know it sounds a lot, but we're really looking to try and save marriages, just really to take that focus off um, people having to argue and, and work out where their money goes and, and how, you know, they can best utilise it. That's incredible. And so what is your role in my budget? So my role is a customer service um, consultant. So I'm taking inbound calls daily. Um, I'm dealing with budgets that um, we have budgets that balance. We have budgets that don't. So depending on where they are, we have people that might have lost their jobs. So they're really struggling. 
And um, my job is to work with them to try and find solutions to help them with either something that they need. So they might call up distraught because something's happened in their life and they need a certain amount of money. They've got money in their in their budget, but that's to pay their bills. So it's my job to then try and make it work for them, to give them what they need, to reanalyze things, move things around, contact their creditors if we need to, to make things work for them. And what drew you to that position? Um, it's not well, an easy thing that you're doing. No, I've, I've always been in customer service, but I've worked a lot in the banking industry mm-hmm. and they've become more sales focused. Um, I found that when I started that my budget is just, it's just about helping people. We're all there for the one aim, the one goal of just changing, what we say, changing people's um, lives one budget at a time. So that's what we'd like to do. And ideally, we'd like to change the world one budget at a time. We'd like to reduce the divorce rate, um, just make people be able to live their dream to get what they're looking to have in life, whether it be to buy a house, whether it's just to have a little bit of savings or whether it's just to be able to pay their bills comfortably. Love it. I do Turn it over to you, Kate. Tell us a little bit about Crisis Services Canada and your journey to that organization. Absolutely. I'm so happy to be here. We're happy to have you here. (laughs) So Crisis Services Canada is the administrative organization behind the Canada Suicide Prevention Helpline. Um, So it's a national helpline. Uh, available uh, to everyone living in Canada. Um, And what we do is we do obviously uh, take interactions from service users who are um, dealing with suicidal ideation, uh, or perhaps um, they are at imminent risk of suicide and they are looking for support in that worst moment. Um, We also do support people who have lost um, someone that they've known, a family member, a friend, to suicide because it's a very unique type of loss that's highly stigmatized. And actually someone who is lost, um, who is bereaved by suicide is at very high risk of suicide themselves. Um, And we also actually support uh, third party calls um, from people in Canada. So if if, uh, it's actually pretty wonderful, that's one of my favorite aspects of the service is that we have received uh, interactions from um, colleagues who really don't feel like they're close enough to someone to reach out they don't want to embarrass that person but they're really concerned because their colleague has been acting very strangely or has been uh, saying some things that are very concerning so they'll call our service and our trained responders will know how to handle that interaction even though it's it's a cold call you're calling someone who's not expecting it Um, but actually that is highly successful and and it's a really powerful way to let people know that someone cares about them it's that Mm -hmm. outreach it's Mm -hmm. that moment where you're connecting with them on a human level so what drew you to Crisis Services Canada? So actually, uh, I, I found out about Crisis Services Canada because uh, I was a responder, a volunteer responder on the uh, CSPS, the Canada Suicide Prevention Service helpline, uh, through a Toronto distress center. Um, so CSPS is actually, it's interesting because it's a national service, but it's regionally delivered by established distress centers um, all across Canada. We have site partners. So I was uh, volunteering and responding to the CSPS helpline, and I saw a job posting for Crisis Services Canada, um, and I thought that would be that would be really neat to see the back end of things now that I have this experience with the front end, um, and I just thought it was so uh, exciting because actually, before ever volunteering, um, I had my own lived experience with suicidal ideation that uh, very nearly ruined my life. And I didn't know the helplines existed. I mean, it seems like a no-brainer. 
Um, but uh, they actually, there was not a national uh, suicide prevention helpline at the time that I was going through what I was going through. So when I saw that this had been created and uh, instituted, I really wanted to be a part of that team that is is making it a, a solid, uh, reliable safety net for Canadians. Can I share a little bit of my personal story as it relates to Crisis Services Canada? <clears throat> I've worked for Genesis for two years, a little bit over two years now. And it was, in fact, last year at this event, uh, I think we were in Nashville, and I had the great privilege of meeting Roberta Fox, uh, the founder of Crisis Services Canada. For anyone who has ever met Roberta, you never forget it. You never forget that moment. Um, she is uh, a power force. She is uh, someone filled with incredible positive energy. And like gravity, you're just sort of drawn to her. And um, hearing what she was doing uh, gave value to what I was doing with my career. For the first time, I thought that Genesis was uh, creating products to help companies sell things faster or better. And it wasn't until I heard Roberta's story and now Nicole's story and so many others of people who have been enabled um, to provide better service to people who are in need. Um, that's the thing that created value from even what I was doing on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, it then became something that's not just a job. It became something that I, I uh, love to evangelize now. I'm now proud of what we do here and proud to be a part of that simply because of what the two of you are saying today. And the two of you represent so many other people too. I love that you're Motivation is simply to help. And we don't think about call center employees. Technology in right. general, right? Like right. We do, yeah, we don't think about that um, technology and call center employees being there to literally help people um, save lives. Right. I mean, that's incredible. Journey, right? right? Taking them through that toughest part of their mm -hmm. lives, taking them through that journey walking them through that season of life that they may not have been able to get through if they didn't have somebody that was right. on the other end that showed that they cared, that showed that right. they actually was able to resonate with their story as well, too. So that's incredible. And um, Roberta shared some thoughts and some statistics with me that I thought were pretty shocking um, and pertinent to this discussion, of course. I remember last year when I first met her, I think there were just over 100 lives saved last year, I think. Today, Roberta said there have been 428 active rescues. And uh, it's because of what Roberta's done. And Kate, it's because of what you've done and allowing yourself to be vulnerable and strong for people who need you to be there. And uh, we cannot... <laughs> Thank you enough for, for what you do. It's simply incredible. Um, the two of you are here because you are recipients of the Genesis CX Heroes Award. And I want to talk a little bit about that for people who don't know. Um, 
what do you think of when you think of a hero? Do you think of Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, Iron Man, Wonder, Wonder Woman, Woman <laughs> uh, you know, Black Widow? <laughs> Who do you think of? Do you think of soldiers? Do you think of firefighters or police officers? Yes. Those people in reality are heroes. Um, at Genesis, we think of people who are on the front lines of that customer experience who go beyond to help. They see a need, and it doesn't necessarily have to do with their, their job description. It's not going to get them a raise. But they identify a human in need, and then they go beyond to help in that situation. And that's why these two incredible women are here with us today. And um, I encourage you guys to look around for the next CX Heroes and make sure uh, you nominate some of those people who you see doing heroic things. And so I'd love to know why you are the recipients of this award in your own words. Who nominated you? And tell us the story of what happened in that moment and how you made it count. Nicole, we'll start with you. Yeah, look, my um, manager, Rebecca Pulbrook, nominated me. Um, it wasn't it wasn't last Christmas, it was the Christmas before. And um, as normal, it was just I w was working the late shift, so I was always working to the, the final, you know, end of the day. Um, received a call probably about 10 minutes before we close, and it was a client that was quite distraught. They were a fairly new client, um, and they just realised that, their money for all their Christmas presents was still sitting within the budget. Um, and this was 10 minutes before you closed? 10 minutes before we close. And Prior to Christmas. Yeah, and that was, that was at approximately 10 to 6. We can't, do, we can't transfer any money after 5.30. So even to manually process funds to this client was not something that we could offer. Um, just due, due to banking's you know, systems being closed, there wasn't any possible way to get any funds to them. So then it was a matter of these people aren't going to have Christmas if we don't get them some funds. So I started making some calls. Um, I found out where their lay-by was. I rang the store. I got our finance department and said, can we use our company visa? Can we pay for them over the phone? They said, yep, yeah, that's fine. We had that all set up. The store wouldn't accept it. Due to new fraud laws, it's not something they would accept over the phone. So I wouldn't take that. I asked to speak to a manager within the store and tried to push for it. It still wasn't something that they would accommodate me with. And I explained to them, look, this is a business visa. This is one of our clients. This is the situation. They're not going to have Christmas if we don't get something done for them. They still were not going to accommodate. So I rang, they're in another state, sorry. So we're in South Australia, they were in Queensland. So there wasn't something that we could just pop over and, and give them the cash. But we do have what's known as our personal budgeting specialists working in Queensland. So we tried to contact some of them to see whether we could get hold of any of them to get them to deliver some funds. That and what time are we at? We're past six. We're past now. six now. We've how, been working. How past, you know, your punch out time are we? Oh, we're, we're a good half an hour after punch out time You're now. still going, okay. I'm still going. Um, I'm also making managers stay back and the finance manager who really would like to have gone home stay back <laughs> because I needed them there in case I could find a solution and I needed some assistance with it. Um, I then rang our South Australia store and said, can I pay for their lay-by? Can I come into the store and pay for their lay-by and you transfer the funds to your Queensland store? They wouldn't do that either. So we'd... 
pretty much exhausted what we thought were all avenues. Um, I'd let the client go. I didn't keep them on the phone. I said to him, look, I'm not giving up on this. I'm going to see what I can do. I'll do whatever I can. And I will give you a call back and let you know whether there is something or whether there's nothing I can do for you. And I can't make any promises. I can't promise that I can, can do this for you, but I'm going to try my very best. Um, I then just started looking at and really thinking about, is there anything else I can do? And I started looking at the website for the store where their lay-by was and found gift cards. And I thought, okay, well, that's not something that I can get, but I noticed they had an e-gift card. So I managed to purchase e-gift cards to the value of their lay-by and then have them emailed to the client. Um, we paid for them using our business visa because we needed the visa to be able to pay for the gift cards. And I organised with the store, because it wasn't their general practice to accept the, the gift cards, organised with the store that they could bring these gift cards in and they could get their lay-by off. Um, I rang him back and just confirmed his email address to make sure we weren't going to send them to somewhere incorrect <laughs> and had them arranged for him. So he was very happy. That is incredible. You literally saved Christmas for somebody. Yeah. I think that deserves a round of applause as well. <laughs> And how many times uh, uh, did you run into no? This can't be done. Over that, and over that, and over. Over again. and over and over. And you wouldn't accept it? No. I don't know about you. I've never encountered customer service like that. I've dreamed about it. <laughs> I've never encountered it, right? it. Yeah. I read about it in fiction, <laughs> in the stories of yesteryear. That's absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for not, um, not accepting no. And think, being able to think freely and yes. think outside, think outside of, the box. of the box. Yes, absolutely figuratively. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's incredible. And the empowerment that you probably have from your management to go ahead and, and take action for your customer, that's for your client, right. is, is huge. One of the right? things within my budget is that we are very empowered. We are very supported to be all that we can be. And everybody within the whole company works as a team. We consider ourselves to just be a big family with one aim, and that is just to help people. And you're doing it not to get recognized. No. In fact, uh, even talking about it now is probably a little bit painful uh, for you because you're getting all of this attention Correct. that you didn't want. <laughs> Correct. Um, can you uh, share what you said uh, to your supervisor, Rebecca, when she told you that she had nominated you? Well, she didn't tell me that she had nominated she didn't me. She told me that she had put my nomination in after I had won. Ah. And I can't actually repeat what I said to her. Okay, okay. <laughs> Um, but I was not very happy. Not very happy. Uh, Rebecca, we can talk. Rebecca's in the room with us. Uh, okay. We can talk later and find out what she actually said because yeah. I'm so curious. It too. might take a couple of beers uh, in, but we'll, we'll, <laughs> That's we'll get That's when all the good stories start to come out. <laughs> like, what the have you done? <laughs> <laughs> what the fun times have you done? That's easy entirely. Right. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Um, Kate. We would love to hear your story as well. And uh, who nominated you for the CX Hero? And what was the story surrounding that uh, event? So uh, Roberta Fox, uh, the founding CEO of Crisis Services Canada, nominated me. We work very closely together, but um, we are uh, we are a small team, so I guess uh, it was it was easy to build a strong relationship. But um, my nomination actually made 
uh, not a whole lot of sense to me because uh, I, I really strongly believe that I'm not doing anything exceptional amongst the volunteers and the, the other responders. Uh, I'm doing exactly what we've been trained to do and what I've met, you know, tens, hundreds of other people I've, I've tr helped train them. Um, it's just, it's a, a segment of the population that has just decided to take this on um, and give their time freely. Uh, to, to share that moment with, with someone who is called into the helpline. Um, so in, in that regard, I felt like I, I really wasn't doing anything um, beyond the, the, the responder role. Um, and, and certainly uh, there are more, uh, there are volunteers and responders who give more of their time, who take more interactions than I do, um, who have definitely uh, had, had tougher interactions um, and they can say, I definitely saved that person's life. This person wouldn't have survived without me. And I, I just didn't, I didn't feel like uh, in amongst the, such esteemed <laughs> company that I could be picked out. But it was, uh, it was, I guess, because I worked so closely with Roberta. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll say that was the reason. <laughs> I think it's amazing that our two heroes are incredibly humble. Um, they weren't looking for any sort of recognition. And in fact, are earnestly and honestly confused as to why they're being recognized. <laughs> they were just doing their jobs. But I feel like this sort of thing is extraordinary because you're just going beyond. And it's innately within them. It's right. not like anything you're having to read through a script or being trained on. It's just second nature for right. you. So that's incredible. Can you tell us a little bit about some experiences that you've had calling in? to a call center that have motivated you to either go above and beyond or have motivated you to go, I am definitely not doing That's that. Not <laughs> that is not me. Have you guys had any rough, rough experiences in a, a, when you called some sort of business and um, what was that uh, interaction like? Can you think of anything? Too many things. Too many things. <laughs> you don't have to say companies. No. Um, I think you do. You quite often find, um, and I always... I just, because I believe in what I'm doing isn't anything above and beyond and it is just what should be done. If you're working in that kind of environment and you're there to help people, you should be sincerely helping people. You should be putting yourself in their shoes, thinking about how they might be feeling, um, really listening as we've come across as being something that is so very important. Just really listening to what they're saying so that you can gauge to you know, what impact it's having on their life and, and what you might be able to do to help them. And I find that quite often when you do ring, um, you know, someone, whether it be just for a utility bill or, or a bank or whatever contact centre you might call, that you are, don't always find people being as accommodating. Mm. Um, I find that quite off-putting and I don't understand where they come from and why they are doing that position if they're not willing to, to really help. Why are they even there? Correct. If, if helping people is so antithetical to who they are, why have they chosen that yeah. that job? I've often wondered that as well. Yeah. Kate, have you ever had any rough experiences? Yeah, um, and I, I totally agree uh, with what you've said because um, in, in my perspective, 
you're there to fulfill a role. People expect to be assisted. And sort of, I asked myself, what's the point? Why are we both doing this if we're not going to achieve the purpose that we've set out? For, you know, I, and I, I can just tell that when I've had negative experience um, calling in for support, the person's not enjoying it either. They don't, you know, they're not having a fun time being, you know, unhelpful or they're just there. It's it's miserable for them. I'm not getting the help that I need. So it's kind of like, why are we doing this? You know, it's just it, it's sort of nonsensical. It's an exercise uh, in insanity. Yeah. Futility. Yeah. But I, I also, on the other hand, I can understand um, it's so demanding and fatiguing psychologically to, you know, nobody's. At, well, I hope there are some people who are calling in. Um, to call centers to say thanks or you know this this really worked for me you helped me so much I you know I have the answers that I was looking for I hope that does happen but generally speaking realistically people are calling in because they're already irritated enough to call and wait on hold or or go through the the button menu so they're not going to be pleasant to talk to either so I understand where that where that's coming from and that it's a choice um that many times can deplete you as as an agent or a responder to access that genuine part of yourself and say, okay, this person's being a, a bit of a jerk, but I'm gonna I'm gonna help them, and probably they'll be less of a jerk. Um, but it's still it, it's a depletion of your resources, and it's it's kind of even though again I said it's kind of pointless, you're not meeting any of the goals that either of you have. Um, it's sort of easier to have that armor of these are the rules. I don't care. You know, I can't help you. Goodbye. How do you get, I, 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 that's so fascinating what you said about depletion of your positivity and your desire to help. Um, such an interesting point. And I'm wondering how the both of you um, refresh yourselves or uh, re-engage yourselves. How do you keep that, keep that depletion from happening? Um, well, I think I'm exceptionally lucky in that, uh, First of all, um, I think anyone who chooses to reach out for support if they're if they're in a suicidal crisis, um, that takes a level of heroism and bravery that uh, I just I it almost um, it just it really really touches me when people are brave enough to do that and that they would trust me uh, with with sharing their story and and telling me things that they have never told anyone. But they are also in the vortex of this whirlpool. Um, and I'm not going to be able to fix anything for them. If, if there was an easy solution to what they were going through, they would have figured it out. You they know. wouldn't be calling Ex Exactly. If it was, you know, okay, let's get from point A to point B. It's, you know, no one would, would need the service. So it's not about fixing things or solving things. It's really just about giving someone enough breathing room and kind of taking the lid off that echo chamber that, um, it can be so powerful and really has a sort of fatal gravitational pull. Um, but I am always aware that those problems and, and the things that make someone contemplate suicide are going to still exist for that, that uh, service user. And so um, why I feel so lucky is that I uh, pretty much every shift, I will have the privilege of, of having someone, even though they're going through all of that, they will take five minutes at the end of the call and say, I can't believe you just spent that time with me. Thank you so much. It really, you know, you helped me see this or you helped remind me of that. Um, 
and or you know you just help me feel not so alone so that recharges me infinitely um and it just uh it it's like a wellspring that reminds me um how powerful uh genuine human connection is there's no magic there's no algorithm behind it it's really just two people deciding i'm going i'm just going to look this in the face and we're going to do it together and we're going to occupy this this moment together and then continue on and I think it goes back to agents, too, are humans as well. And I think we oftentimes forget that other voice on the line or the other person on, on when I'm doing my chat is actually a human as well, too. And Nicole, you and I have had a conversation about, you know, we have KPIs, right, in the contact center. And there are metrics that need to be met. But sometimes there are times where you need to decompress after a very hard conversation. And there are times where sometimes you need to throw that out the window so you can really help your customer. Like, like saving Christmas. Kind of tell me a little bit more about that and, and tell us how you decompress after. Yeah, look, we're, I mean, I'm extremely lucky in the company that I'm working in is that we do have so much support. Um, and coming to the KPIs, yes, they are very important. They are what is quite often driving the company, or not driving the company, but enabling them to be able to monitor and, and um, keep things on track. But they're not... They're not the first thing. They're not the most important. If the KPIs are down, there's normally a reason. And in our case, it's not something they would focus on because if, if you're doing a hard call and you're spending more time, and, and a lot of our calls can be very emotional. Um, I mean, we, we're the first point of call when something goes wrong in somebody's life. So if somebody is diagnosed with cancer, they'll call us because they might need extra money to be able to travel somewhere to get a second diagnosis. Um, unfortunately, I am a person that is always going to ask a lot of questions, so I do find out a lot of information, which is wonderful because they get to share, but it is a very emotional time. So having to stay focused and logical and help them through what they need on the call means that I have to keep that emotion in check but it means I am going to fall apart after the call. So you quite often are. I have, have the people on the floor um, saying to me, I had someone say to me before I left that they always laugh when someone new starts at my budget because they see me cry and they, <laughs> they get concerned. And he always turns to them and says, don't worry, she does that all the time. <laughs> She'll be okay in a moment. It's just because she has a genuine connection. And our, our support system um, within my budget is that we have managers, we have specialists, we have coaches, we are coached constantly. And they are, they're, as I said, they're like our family. So we can turn to them at any time. If we ever are um, struggling and feeling deflated after a call, they'll take the time. They'll take us outside. Let's go for a walk. We have a quiet room upstairs that you can just go and put a sign up and sit there for 15 minutes. We have an amazing counselling service that we can access, which we are very much informed and um, not pushed to use, but, but made feel that it's very okay to use it when you need it. And I have used it several times just to be able to get through some of these things. But I think no matter how hard the call is, um, the thanks that we get and the people that tell us that we saved their lives and that we help them make it all worthwhile. So you might feel depleted, but the sense of reward and achievement that you feel 
just from helping someone and really either changing their life or or just making them feel okay, making them feel like this isn't the end of the world. You thought this was going to be really, really bad, but I fixed this for you. We can do this. Okay, we're going to ring we're going to ring your credit card company and tell them that you're not going to make a full payment this month, but that's okay. And it just, you hear the relief. I think my favourite thing is when um, they think that you're no longer on the call and they haven't hung up and you hear that big sigh of relief at the end of the call and you just hear them go, ah, and that's when I feel like I've done a really good job. That's, you just gave me goosebumps, <laughs> really. Um, a couple of things that strike me as you're talking and I'm hearing your stories, it sounds like both of you, and this is key, crucial to a customer experience that's phenomenal, both of you have been empowered yes. by the companies that you work for, yes. by your uh, supervisors, Absolutely. to make decisions yes. um, to help. Yes. And so many companies, huge companies, are not doing that. For their call center employees yep. specifically. And there are policies and procedures in place and they do need to be followed. But everything, I think you do have to remember that there's humans involved here. It's not just black and white. Life isn't just black and white. Sometimes a, a real conversation has to be had. You can hear what they're saying and you can know that the policy and procedure is going to be a no answer, but that doesn't mean it has to be no Let's have a look. Let's speak to the manager. If the manager won't help, let's speak to the hire manager. Let's take it as far as we need to, to see if we can find a better solution. Right. And it's that uh, extra motivation, that extra bit of empathy that you have that I don't think can be trained in someone. And I know that uh, the both of you have gone through a lot of training and probably continual training for your jobs, but I'm wondering, what is that thing that sets someone like you, and you don't have to brag on yourself, that's not what I mean, <laughs> although you certainly can, um, but what's that extra thing? What is that? How do you come across it? How do people who are looking for employees like you, what should they be looking out for? I look at my company, it's, we employed not on what somebody knows, not on what they've done before, not on their skills. It's on how much they care. So it's more about the soft skills. Um, anything else can be taught. You can teach somebody a system. You can teach them how to work the computer, how to, you know, how the call comes through, how you answer it. Everything technical can be taught, but you can't teach somebody to care. You can't teach somebody to be genuine. You just need that type of person. Kate, okay, what about you? Uh, our sector is... is really privileged in that it naturally attracts people who have that intrinsic passion and motivation to get involved and oftentimes it is because of lived experience either with themselves or or they've seen a family member or friend go through something and then they've made the decision to convert that that misery and that sorrow into something uh, that not only empowers them but really enables them to say i've been there too and, and I'm going to keep choosing to be there with you and we're going to get through this together. So it, it's really, uh, it honestly, it is a privilege that people um, who have that natural motivation will come and seek us out. But uh, I just want to echo what you said again. Um, it's, it's just uh, so, many, so many skills that are highly sought after um, are, are technical or specialized. And I really do believe those can be taught and, and uh, there's definite value to those. But 
there's a, a humanity and um, an authenticity that I think when someone is uh, is brave enough to be sincere and to really take things seriously and feel all the feelings that are going to come with that. Um, but uh, and and like we've said, it it can be really tough to not have up that wall of like, I just, I can't deal with this, or I don't want to deal with this, or there are rules, like, I just, it's too much um, to take that down. Uh, but then on the other side, you get that reward, that incredible, uh, irreplaceable reward that to me is the most meaningful, precious thing to experience. Just that um, I made another human being's life a little bit better. I, you keep saying things that are, that I, I wish I had a pen because I want to write them down. But one of the things that you just said, no, if you threw it at me, it would just go in my eye. Um, you said brave enough to be sincere. I think that's a powerful statement because the implications are is that sincerity is a hard thing to accomplish. Vulnerability. Right? Vulnerability you're isn't natural. Because you're now being very vulnerable right. to your customer as well. Because we all have that wall right. of like pride and self-preservation and our reputations. And it kind of goes back to what you said, Kate, about it takes uh, such a step or a leap of bravery to even call Crisis Services Canada when you're in that moment. That act in and of itself is brave. Even for my budget as well, too. Finances are always a hard conversation. I don't want to talk about finances with anybody. Not at all. Right. Something that we're always told is um, if somebody's calling and they're screaming at you, imagine how they must be feeling today. How hard is it for them to have picked up that phone and actually called? Um, and instead of getting angry with them and thinking, why don't you just calm down and stop talking to me like that? You don't think like that. You think, God, you must be having a bad day. What can I do to make your day better? Right. And I think if you're genuine and you let them know that I'm so sorry that you're feeling like that today, but I'm here to help you and we're going to see what we can do and we're going to do this together and we're going to find a solution. I sincerely wish that the two of you could just replicate yourselves. They do want to clone you, okay? If we have any cloning technology, if anyone out there listening to this podcast uh, knows how to clone a couple of amazing people, that would be fantastic. Um, I I do want to mention this as well. Um, I think we've all shared a story at one point or another of a moment where we contacted a business and it either went really well or it didn't. A lot of the times the stories that we share are times where it didn't go well. And we love to get around the dinner table and say, I called XYZ cable company because my cable went out and they put me on hold and and this is what they did. (laughs) But if you think about it like this, think about it like a story. Think about it in terms of narrative structure. You have a hero who wants something but has to overcome obstacles to get it. That's how stories work. So in a context of somebody having a problem and having to call into a call center, let's consider them our hero, and they want something. In the case of my budget, it's help with their budget. They've got to overcome obstacles, a lack of funds or whatever, to get it. So who is that call center agent in that story? Who are they? They're not the hero, because of course that's the customer. Hopefully, they're the guide. The guide is someone who has been there before, who has been through tough times, 
and has the knowledge and more importantly, the empathy to get that hero over their uh, obstacles, to help that hero defeat the Darth Vader or slay the dragon. If they're doing it well, that's what they are. And the guide always has a plan, right? Sometimes it's not something that they have right away. In your case, Nicole, it's not like, oh, I know exactly what I'm gonna do. You had to say, wait a second, I can't guarantee anything, but I'm gonna continue working on this, I promise that. Now, hopefully you have a guide like these incredible women. Sometimes your call center agent can inadvertently become the villain. Have you ever had that happen to you? I have, where the, my villain originally when I called was, my cable's out. Then it became, in the course of that interaction with the call center agent, wait a second, suddenly you're the villain. Now I wanna do battle with you, and now we're you know, banging our heads together trying to resolve the issue, and it kinda of goes back to what you were saying. Wait, why aren't we working, aren't we working on the same problem? Because I feel like you're working against me, I think, you know, that sort of thing. And it's a dangerous uh, pattern to get into, and that's why I wanna replicate the two of you. Because I find that it's just so rare, and um, it's one of the reasons we're here celebrating the two of you as well. I do wanna check how we're doing on time. Are we good? Great, let's stay here for the next three hours if you guys are cool. <laughs> um, well, it goes back to what you were saying about now you're fighting each other, right? So then that goes back to loyalty of the customer to your brand and, and it kind of really affects the brand as well too. And now they're seeing, hey, you know what? This, this uh, company isn't trying to help me. Why would I wanna keep having my service with them? Absolutely. Right? So I think that you're doing Fantastic job, both of you. I want to go back to what you were talking about with culture and how that's so important in as far as making you want to stay with your company. Tell us a little bit about more about that culture piece and why that's so important for an agent. Because like you said, it's really hard work. So sometimes you're like, you know what? I am done. I don't want to work in this kind of environment anymore. I want to go somewhere else. So what makes you stay? Look, I think it's it's the environment, it's the culture of the of the business. Um, I think the most refreshing thing I found was all companies have core values. Um, I've worked for many companies where the core values are plastered everywhere over the walls. How many people actually know them? Mm, unless they're looking at the posters, they probably don't. We at my budget don't have our core values plastered anywhere on the walls, but everybody could tell you what they are, and everybody lives them every day. And it's not just one person. It's not. I, I, I think that's where I was a little bit uncomfortable being so recognised because I work with people every day that are just like me. Um, we are all there for one purpose and that is to help people, to try and make their lives a little bit better. As I said, let's change the world one budget at a time. Um, and everybody within the company, right from our directors down to even our IT people, I mean, everybody's the same. Everybody's, we're, we're a family, we're when we're not like a business. Um, it's just about all wanting the same purpose and, I don't know, all caring, all wanting to make that difference. I think it's what you said, Nate, about now that you realize the impact of what Genesis does and what our technology does, it makes you proud to be at the company and it gives you that connection of, now I know why I'm here. So like you said, from everybody from the top down, they know yeah. that mission. They know what they're doing to impact somebody's life. Right. Yeah. Okay, what, what about you? What's the, the culture like in Crisis Services Canada? Uh, it's, it's wonderful. It's honestly um, fulfilled something 
that uh, was actually, it was so, it felt like such a, a void before working with Crisis Services Canada um, that that was one of the, the things that played into uh, what I struggled with. Just this feeling of, you know, what is the point? What am I, what am I doing other than living my own life that felt pretty selfish and, and privileged? Um, and it just felt like uh, I really didn't have any tools to give back to the world, um, and there's a lot of there's a lot of things that I really wanted to change and, and help. Like I would, if I could, I would help everyone and everything, all the animals and kids and everything. And it just it felt insurmountable and it felt uh, pointless and just miserable. Um, and I, it it was such a unplanned path, but um, beginning uh, as a, a volunteer and then it ended up being. Uh, I had this incredible opportunity to be part of the team that's building the first national suicide prevention helpline for Canada, which is a country that I love and I want to, I want to support the people of Canada. Um, it just f it filled that that void that I had been feeling, and I, I felt like okay, I actually have the tools and the means to make a difference. It's not going to fix everything. It's not going to um, save every person who is is thinking of suicide. But it is so tangible, um, and the, the progress has been stunning. And just to see the the metrics that we're keeping track of, and and the statistics that we have of, okay, last month this is how many people we made a follow up call with. So that meant that they didn't go to the hospital. They they felt safe enough that night that they said yes, please call me back, and we're going to talk about this some more tomorrow. That means that they got through that that terrible night and are willing to and, and trust us enough to call them back and we're going to keep work on, working on it. So we see those those figures just adding up and adding up and adding up and all of the people who are calling um, or texting us, it just, it, it's so fulfilling to see that progress. And it, um, I really love this saying, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. And it, it, <laughs> <laughs> it really, it does, it does feel like one bite, but like, we have we're starting to eat the elephant it really does feel like that it's a weird thing to say but yeah that could also be on a t-shirt we're starting to eat the elephant people yeah you know what that would get questions and then you yeah, could yeah, sort exactly. of but actually i wanted uh something that i've thought about with culture and and agents is when i get someone who's particularly surly or just seems to really hate what they're doing that day I actually will start to wonder what is your life like uh, and what is what is this job like for you if you um, are if it's so antagonistic already we've barely begun to talk and and this interaction is already not going well um, I really wonder how it's like for that person because I think um, if you are empowered and if you feel if you feel respected as an agent or a responder and if you have that sense of um, ownership and pride for where you work and what you're doing, you are not going to be the one who's like, well, this isn't my problem, buddy. Deal with it yourself. I don't care. You're never going to say that. You're going to take, take ownership. So I, uh, again, as, as much as um, it frustrates me when someone just is rude or brushes me off, it's, um, I don't think that ever is caused um, just... If, if I'm con constantly encountering that sort of interaction, calling the same company, I will leave because it's not that they can't pick agents properly or something. It's because there's something trickling down. Cultural yeah, thing that's going on with absolutely. That it's systemic, yeah. the problem. Right. Mm -hmm. Incredible. So we're running out of time. So as we close, 
from our CX heroes. What is one superpower that you think is absolutely necessary for a successful agent? Just to be genuine. Okay. <laughs> I want to echo that. Yeah, genuine uh, sincerity and authenticity. Be brave enough to be that. I love it. Nicole, Kate, we cannot thank you enough for what you have done, what you continue to do, and for sharing your stories here with us today. Thank you so much.